Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I would like to begin by acknowledging and paying my respects to the Wurundjeri and Bunurong people of the Kulin Nation, the traditional custodians of the land in which I am gathered here today. I would like to pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. and welcome to 2020. Happy New Year. I hope that you all had a safe and happy holiday period and for those of you who have a hard time during the holidays I hope that now we can finally get back into the run of things and just get back to your regular everyday lives without the depression that can sometimes come with that time of the year. Here at Major Look we're actually going to start the year off a little bit differently to usual with a clip show. Now wait, I know that sounds like we've just been super duper lazy and not recorded a new episode for you, but don't worry, most of the stuff you're going to hear today, you haven't heard before. Uh, As a lot of you know, we recorded about 50 episodes before we ever joined the That's Not Canon Network, and those episodes are really only available on SoundCloud, which I understand most of you don't want to have to bother to go find. So what I've done for you today, and next week as well, is pulled some of the more interesting parts out of those episodes for you to enjoy and have a listen to. Now, you don't have to go back, obviously, and listen to the whole episodes because early on we didn't really know what we were doing and those episodes aren't always the strongest. So I just thought I'd pull out the good bits, really, and present them here for you today. Some of them are, you know, deeper discussions on things. A lot of what you're going to hear is me, uh, you know, mocking the crap out of some of Kurt's favorite tv shows I can't help it you guys know this about me anyway I hope you enjoy this and next week's episodes uh kind of a highlights reel of stuff that you probably haven't heard before Uh, and we will be back in a couple weeks with the first episode of our next season which is going to be all about kids shows so I hope you're ready for some nostalgia anyway enjoy I'll give you a little bit of background on each clip before we go into it In fact, the first thing that you're going to hear is something out of the first Veronica Mars episode that we ever did, um, which was before season four. So, you know, there's no references to what happens in season four because this was quite a while ago. And you're going to hear the epic shipping war discussion that we had on that episode. Enjoy. I don't know. It's like, I I understand. I'm not saying that I don't understand where you're coming from like mm-hmm. I, it's not my favorite plot line no no, no. and we um, purposely don't pick episodes that are too stellar but yeah. also i think veronica mars is one of but the what would you shows think that to be is, a stellar that's what episode. i was thinking i was like it's such a consistent show it doesn't have a lot of standouts because yeah the strongest elements in the show i would probably call this a weaker episode in my own experience mm-hmm. and my own taste but that is saying something because it's 
but how come? You enjoy it so much. I like the elements that I'm saying, and maybe maybe deep down it's because of the Logan kiss. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So can we get into it? Okay. Now can I tell you about how I got into this show? Yes. All right. So, I'm 16 years old. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm in Perth with my big sister, Cass, mm-hmm. um, and she's like, watch this show. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. It's generally how this works. And so yeah. we sit on the couch um, and we binge this show. And it took me a good seven episodes to really get into it. Mm. Before yeah, I that, didn't get into it for a while, too. Before that, I was like, this is good. I'm enjoying it. But, like, I didn't need to keep hitting next. And she was like, I'm going to keep hitting next for you. Um and so it took me, yeah, probably seven to ten episodes to really get into it. And then um, we continued to watch. And we got up to this episode. And, and obviously leading up to this, you have a lot of scenes with Logan. We see a lot more of his vulnerability. And I had felt a little bit bad about him, like when you find out that his fucking father's beating the shit out of him all the time and all mm. that sort of stuff. Um, but I'd never thought about them romantically together at all. Yeah, not no, even a little bit. Not a little bit. And then... I was watching this episode with my sister and this happens and the music comes up. Oh, and it's so cliche. It's a fucking great song though. Do you have you heard that song? Wait, what is the song? It's a great song. It's called um uh, a momentary thing. And all of a sudden they're kissing and I'm sitting in my chair chair sh- cheering. Like literally going, "Yes!" And then I actually stopped and I went, "Wait. Why? Why I don't like you? Logan. He's an asshole." He is an asshole. What am I cheering? And my sister was just laughing her head off at me, and I was like, this is amazing. I can't believe this show managed to sneak up on me and make me love this asshole and want them to be together. How did they do this? It is amazing. Didn't do it for me. <laughs> I love it, and I love him. Okay, you have to admit that he's gorgeous. I don't. He is so beautiful. I actually don't have to do that. And we both know, if it's not clear already, sometimes our tastes in TV shows are a little bit different, yeah. as you've heard. Um, but we also know shows that are damn good. And yeah. this is a damn good this show. This is a damn good show. In terms of the shipping trains for this <laughs> series, Jane is very much Team Logan. <sighs> I'm very much Team Duncan. And I literally have no fucking idea how you can possibly, on the face of this planet, be Team fucking because Logan is a horrible person. And Lo- and Duncan is the dullest person on the face of the planet. Dull doesn't mean that you're a horrible person. What's wrong with being a little bit dull? Logan is sometimes a horrible person. He reforms. Hey, I'm sorry. He reforms and then is still dickish in season three. Not that bad. They break up. Why do you think they break up? Because he's a dick. She's also a dick. Yeah, but Veronica, you've got to accept that she's... She's fine. If we have to accept that she's a dick, we have to accept that he's a dick. And that's why they work so well together, because they're both kind of dicks. Duncan is too fucking nice for Veronica. It's a problem. I'm sorry, do you not think that opposites can attract? Do you not think... Do you think that only dicks should only get with dicks? I mean, I'm all for gay sex, but... No, I don't think like you know. I do think that opposites attract, but yeah. not in that case. I think that he's too boring for her. You and Alistair, and they, they do not like him at all. It's not. I don't hate Duncan as a character. I you actually don't like quite. The actor, don't you? I think he's. I think he looks like a pug. See, okay, I disagree with you. I, I was like, how can you not think? That Duncan is hot. I think he's got a weird fucking face. I think Logan has a weird fucking face. And he's too stocky for me. <laughs> give me a give me a tall, lanky man any day. 
Well, like, Logan was not really that lanky, but next to Duncan, he looks more lanky. Yeah, exactly. And then he starts lifting weights in season three. Uh-huh. So then he's lanky and muscular. Perfect. <laughs> it's, it's not quite how it works. It's just lanky and muscular. Yes, it is. Um, the guy who plays The Flash, whose name is completely blanking on me right now. Uh, Grant Gustin. Grant Gustin. Who is slender. Perfect example. Yeah, not my type at all. Slender, but muscular. A little bit muscular, but not, like, beefy. Toned. That's yes. what I like. It's it's a it's a uh, status on Grinder. Well, there you go. Toned, stocky, lean, toned. lean and toned is what I like. Um, and that's what Logan is, and he is beautiful, and he's got that voice, and he's just great. I don't mind his voice. I love actually. Him. I'll give you that. I don't mind his voice. I think the most I've been attracted to him is when I heard him, uh, basically about to jump off a bridge, but he didn't. No, he wasn't going to jump off a bridge. He just got beat up on the bridge. Yes. I thought he was standing on the edge for some reason. He was. Oh, okay, yeah, he before was. Before he got beat up. Yeah, he was drinking yeah. on the edge of the bridge. And he, was, he wasn't He wasn't going to jump, but, but he was... he was just thinking about his dead mum. He was, uh... Because Veronica tried to have him arrested for murder, for Lily's murder. <laughs> not long beforehand. So he was not in the best headspace. But uh, when she's trying to call him and he has his uh, voicemail messages, his yes, voicemail I message banks are the best. Yeah. Uh, inspirational messages. Yeah, today's inspirational message of the day. It, it was that was the most I was attracted to Logan. That uh, moment, right there, when he wasn't on screen. Ah, uh, I love him. Or maybe when it's flicking between him in the dark and low lighting, looking all. It's weird. Thin. I have he is he is not really my type personality wise. I don't oh, like definitely not. I don't like bad boys. I don't know why I like him so much. Mm. I just love him, and I love him with Veronica. Not that that not okay. Correction. Sorry. Not that it's always, when they're young, the best, most healthy relationship. I think that sometimes they're both a bit too destructive for each other. But I like that because yeah. it should happen because they are not good for each other. But that also doesn't mean that they can't make it work. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And and they can and they should. And that's what I like it is when they're really trying to make it work and, and trying to figure out, like, okay, well, you do this thing, so I need to adjust for that. And I do that thing, so you need to adjust for that. And, and let's kind of make our self-destructive tendencies work for each other. But do you know who I really am? Who? Team Piers. What? Yes! What? Yes! What? Don't throw a hard drive at me, Jane. <laughs> what? Jane just threw a pencil case with supercalifragilisticexpialidocious on it. I'm not throwing a fucking water bottle at you in a minute. Bottle. If there's one person more boring than Duncan, it's fucking oh, his. Oh, disagree. Oh, my disagree. God. Duncan has the... Duncan does not have the hobbies and interests that, that Pierce does. He's actually got drive. He actually has motivation to do something. He's actually trying to do something. He's not restricted and following around Veronica like a puppy dog. He Duncan doesn't do that. No, Duncan doesn't do that. Nor does Logan. No, but I'm just saying that... Well, no, they do. They do a little. They have got their... I was going to say, if anything, Piz fucking follows her around like a puppy dog. Piz does it for, like, one episode, and then it's told that she has a boyfriend, so he's like, oh, okay, I can't do this anymore, and just sees her as a friend and nothing more. Hmm. Uh, nothing more until they date. Well, <laughs> when she's single again, you can reevaluate. <laughs> Uh, I'm in those situations. God. I'm in those situations. I'm like, oh, I'm so attracted to Team Piz. I really like Piz. I think he has Veronica's best interest at heart out of Duncan, Logan, and Piz. Nah. I think he cares more about Veronica. Do you really? Because he would be willing to. I just. 
I think he treats her the way that she should be treated. In what way? Nice! <laughs> Fucking nice! <laughs> yeah, they all treat her nice. No, they don't! Yes, they do. They have treat her nice at moments. Most of the time. If anything, she doesn't treat them very nicely a lot of the time. No, I don't agree with that. Because I think that's more of a... Veronica being made out to be a tough bitch. Mm. And yes, she is a bit. But just because you've got an aggressive... Not aggressive. No, I, 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 I agree. She's not actually... She's not actually that much of a dick. No. Well, but she can be. But because she is... She's driven. Yes. And that gets in the way of things sometimes. But also other people see her much worse, I think, because she's a woman. Oh, yeah. Because she's female. Yes, yes, yes. That's, that's what I mean. Yes. And that's something that really bothers me is that, oh, Logan's such a dick. Yes. But that's... I, he's just a dick. It's I, fine. Yes. Oh, but she's a dick as well. No, I don't think she's as much I, a dick as Logan I is. I think she is, actually. I don't think so. Uh, Aside I, from the pilot, I think I think we're all very attuned from like the pilot and very early season one of Logan oof, to see him as a horrible monster. And I'm more than willing to admit that yes, in those early season one episodes, he is vicious. Vicious. He is awful. He is horrible. I ve- I think that he reforms very very well. He reforms a, unrealistically fast. No, 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 no. Oh, because of the... I don't think he does reform through. unrealistically fast because he never fully he loses fully re- his dickishness. It's still... He's still quite which, rough which around the edges. No one should fully reform because you don't fully reform. Exactly. If, you know, I was addicted to so-and-so. I will be an addict for the rest of my life. It's exactly. It's going to go away, so I'm going to need to keep in check. If you it. are a dick... For the, <laughs> then you will continue to be a dick you for the rest of your life. Suppress the dick. But his <laughs> suppress the dick. Get that um, t-shirt. Hashtag suppress the dick. Um, but the point is, he's still dick in attitude, but not in actual behaviour. In season three, I agree with you there. In most of season two as well. Try and hang on. Wait a minute. Let me run my <laughs> brain through. Oh uh, no, he does do some bad things. And Duncan seems like a much better candidate in season two. It really depends on how you're. What you mean by better? I Safer. Liked Leo. I love Leo. I was. I thought Leo didn't get enough of a chance. I am all about Leo. In the books, Leo's getting a look in. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'd loved Leo. I'd Leo, be all for that. Fucking deputy, de- deputy, deputy Leo. <laughs> at at you know a deputy police officer in a band actually just really likes her. I I like Leo because he's not a wet blanket. Like he's nice, but he's not. He's he's not a, he doesn't get. He's not a doormat. He's not a doormat, mm-hmm. and he doesn't like. I don't know. There's just not a lot to Duncan or Piers. I think there's a okay. I'm not going to talk about Piers because let's try and reel it back in into the episode. Okay. Look, we were never going to agree on that one because fundamentally we all know that Kurt is wrong. But anyway, next we are going to talk a little bit about one of the more controversial shows that we've ever done. It's no secret that I hate Game of Thrones. I kind of liked the first season. No, I loved the first season. And then I kind of liked the second and third and it all just went downhill from there. But I have a really hard time trying to describe why. 
And so you're about to hear me try and give a bit of a justification. And that's without even going into any of the identity politics or anti-feminism of the show, just from a pure storytelling point of view. Look, it's kind of hard to listen to because I'm maybe not as coherent as I'd like, but here you go. Here's why I hate Game of Thrones. Okay. So what do you like about the show, Jane? Why do you think we keep coming back? Is it, it, it surely it can't just be because we want to know what happens. What did you like about season <laughs> one, Jane? I liked about season one that there were... I, I kind of want to watch it again because it's I so would. long ago. It's really I good. don't remember much because I wasn't that into it when I saw season one. I think in season one, I liked that there, the politics were understandable, but still intriguing. Mm. So I feel like now some of the politics have gone a bit beyond. I think that, I think that expanding the cast to the extent that they have has been a massive mistake. To the fact that we can barely remember people's names. We can barely remember people's names. And it leads, and that's why I think the episode has the season has the structural problems it has now. Because it's got so much to do. And it it doesn't know how to create an episode with a structure, like a peak Mm, and mm, and mm. and the ebbs and flows and the beginning and the middle and an end. Because it's like, well, we've got six storylines in this episode, so which one do we give a beginning, middle and end to? Because we don't actually have a beginning and middle and end to all of these storylines that we can put into one episode. No, two or one part of three different storylines in one episode so you can see what's happening to other people around the the whole place. Yeah. So they still did that in season one, though, but they they kind of had one core beginning, middle and structure. So you have an A storyline. Yeah, that was the main story that generally included the most amount of characters. Yes. And look... I, I don't I am all for experimenting with the art form. Mm, and it's worked to some extent. It's a successful show. I think that the show, to be honest, is successful because it hooked people in the first season and the plot in theory is and the zeitgeist has built to a point where it's now like it's hard to not be engaged in. Does that make sense? No. I think if that had started off at the quality it did now, yeah, then oh yeah, I think you're right. We wouldn't it would not have taken off to with the amount of characters that it has now, with the amount of balls that it's throwing up in the air now. Not just that; it's it's literally the writing and the (laughs) the episode structures. Like you said, it used to be that there was an A storyline and a few of the bits and pieces that might have been progressed a little bit here and there, but that's okay because there were running storylines that we could follow along. And that were actually interacting with other storylines. Bran didn't speak to another living character for four seasons. Yeah, gosh. It was... Gosh, that was so annoying to me because I was really interested in Bran. Yeah. I was really interested in when he started walking and his relationship with Hodor. I found it... But they didn't play with that. No. It's just that Hodor carried him about. They never played with the dynamic it between a, him and... It was a really great shock twist, fate kind of closing storyline, but it bothered me. What, hold the door? Yeah. But it was just an end. It, it wasn't It wasn't, It wasn't. wasn't satisfying. No, it didn't it actually It was just mean shocking anything. and like meant to be mind-blowing, but it was just a play on words. Exactly. That's all. The whole relationship ended up just to be a play on words. Yeah. And it made Hodor's character so much more devastating and not in a... Oh, this is so good. The writing makes me feel so... No, because then he's dead. So we don't even get to be sad about how his mind was 
so badly affected and we don't get to see Bran's regret over that. No, that's what I was annoyed we didn't see in this episode. That's one of the main things I was annoyed with. Hoda just died. Yeah, I, I was loving the relationship they had and the way that... What relationship did they have? They they were able to talk without words. Sure. But And, and how interesting it became when he started using him instead of being his friend and being his companion and bodyguard through his process of not being able to walk, having a person who can help him do that, and then abusing him as a body and as a weapon uh, when he walked into him. And that made the dynamic shift. And Hoda was not happy about it. And then it was just just more of that and devastating. And I was like, ugh. And... This episode, when you see him, it literally happened in the last episode. It was, like, the last thing that we mm. saw before we saw this. This is why the first thing we saw is them in the snow. You, like, kind of had to follow it up. Mm. And he's just, he's just, you know, third raven and about. Yeah. To be honest, I must not have paid much attention to this season. Because most of the stuff that happened in this episode, I was like... Did you not know? Damn, I really should have made sure that summary was clear. <laughs> no, no, it's not that I didn't. Like, I kind of had a vague understanding of roughly where we were. Mm. Like, I got that eventually. But I didn't remember the, these events particularly well. Yeah. I didn't really... But that's, you know, exactly to what you're saying. God, we're shitting on this show so much. But I think it deserves to be shouted. You knew what I, this was going to be when I... I didn't To be fully. perfectly frank, everybody, I was the one who suggested Game of Thrones. True. Because I was like, look... We were struggling to come up with a full ten episodes for this season. Yeah. Because I was like, this must be something that we both love and watch that's, And like, I was boring. like, there's something that I watch that I don't love. And the thing is, we both kind of... There was a point when I think we did love the show. There was. First season, move, and second and third as well. I like well. the third. I think I love the season. See, I can't remember the th- which one was the third. What was happening in the third season? Uh, I just remember really liking it. <laughs> Let I feel me like, find out. I feel like, to me, the third season was when things started to go really downhill. Maybe it started out strong. But then started to just, yeah, collapse underneath the weight of itself and collapse underneath the weight of all the storylines and kind of go like, okay, we've got this huge, unwieldy story. Let's not try and make every episode good. Let's just try and make the overarching plot lines last mm. and, 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 and just hope that people stick on long enough to follow them. Oh gosh, no, I don't think it's the third season. And that was before the final season, which I think everyone can agree was an absolute hot mess in so many ways that I can't even begin. Look, there's a lot more to that discussion, particularly about the structure of the show and the season. If you wanted to go back and have a listen to episode 43, you're welcome. Next, you'll hear a short discussion, a little bit more comic relief in this one, about the short-lived music career of Tamin Sursok, who many of you may know from playing Jenna Marshall on Pretty Little Liars. That's the show that we were talking about in episode 32. Tamin Sursok is an Australian actress and, I guess, musician who did have a brief singing career, and it was terrible. Also, apologies for the sound quality on this episode. I don't know what happened, but there was a really brief period of episodes there where, for some reason, everything sounded like we were underwater. I've tried to fix it the best I can, but... Toby's blind stepsister. Jenna. Thank Who? You. Is... Australian. Oh. 
Also, from the day, as I mentioned last week, <laughs> that, 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 there that was period a, of home and away that time. That period of home and away time where I was watching a lot of home and away from home and away. Oh, how about that? Yep. Well, I didn't see her eyes, so it would be no, pretty hard. It's, it's and also, kinda... I wasn't allowed to watch home and away. Really? No, I wasn't allowed to watch Home and Away or Neighbours. Oh, I didn't know that. I mean, I also wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons in South Park. That's a bit more. Different story. <laughs> Believable. I mean, yeah. Anyway, um, I was, I've always found it really, really strange watching her in this because she was, anyway, she had a bit of a music career in Australia. Oh, um, like some Home and Away breakup stars. Yeah. And it was a terrible song. And then she performed it once at Telephone. Oh, okay. Um, West Australia Telephone. Right. Not whatever Telephone you guys have. Um. And it was the worst performance I've ever seen in my entire oh, life. No. And after that, her music career disappeared mm. completely. Worse than Fergie's uh, national anthem. It was bad, though. I've only seen about 30 seconds of different scenes spliced together. <sighs> she definitely didn't hit the notes the way she was planning on hitting them. Well, nor did Tamman in this fucking, oh my God, it was so bad. I was like, oh, sweet angel, don't go anywhere without your auto-tune, so stand by. Uh, if anyone enjoys watching YouTube and uh, people making bad pun jokes, go watch Mamory Hart's uh, video on Fergie's national anthem. Mamory Hart has a YouTube channel called You Deserve a Drink, where she gives a drink and makes a cocktail or something like that. Um, in regards to someone in pop culture who's either going through a lot or has done something mm -hmm. popular in mm -hmm. a movie's just come out. And she's like, you know, I don't really have that much energy to make a cocktail, but I think Fergie deserves a drink. So I'm just going to call this Fergie's crappy hour in terms of hour of power. And she just pours a giant beer into a glass and continues to make pun jokes about Fergie's career in the Black Eyed Peas for the next three minutes. Nice. Yeah. Let, let's, let's go for the journey to the past. I don't know if I'll be able to find it. It's so obscure. Do, do you? Well, I mean, most things that are obscure are on the internet. Hey. Oh yeah. I'm do you remember it's my first performance tomorrow? Uh, so was it? Lately, it seems she keeps getting more than ahead of will. And then I wonder if I can find it. Um, the actual performance? I don't think I highly doubt it, but oh my god, it would be really funny if we could. I think if she had any lawyers, they would be trying to get that footage removed from the internet. This breaks copyright distribution laws. Oh god, it was so terrible. Even though it would have been on free to air TV. No. Nowhere. That's a damn shame. I think that's fine. I, I don't like to relive other people's pain. Even though sometimes you take pleasure in it. Schadenfreude! Oh, no. Um, okay. Off you go. All right. Wherever we were. Kevin <laughs> says that. Brilliant. We're up to Toby's sister.
and now you're going to hear a series of clips that I've pulled from various parts of episode 25, which was all about Smallville. Now we've since done another Smallville episode, so I'm sure you won't be terribly surprised to hear my opinions on this. It's mostly just the dumb writing shit that I could not get past to enjoy the show. As he leaves, she sees his security access card through the window of his car. She then uses that card to sneak into Luthercorp, buzzing, which seems to be buzzing with activity despite being very late at night. She approaches something that's covered up, and when she pulls off the, the cloth inside is like this rabid dog that starts barking at her and she's scared and jumps back and she hits the thing on the wall like a button and the whole lab goes into lockdown she's sprayed with this gas from comes from the ceiling green gas i thought the lighting was just green no uh, basically everything, everything is, is media rock kryptonite related in this show yeah whatever it's gas anyway she screams in pain and passes out the lab techs are all running around going, get security out here. What's going on? Decontamination. Blah, blah, blah. She wakes up in time to hide when the lab techs all come in. And then she slips out. She's chased through the corridors of Luther Corp, but she escapes underneath a roller door. Just Little Indiana Jones sequence. Gets away. Luther Corp, and we'll come back to this later, is very poor security. Yeah, look, um, the... The beginning of this episode is the least believable part of it. And also, why is the gas just in the regular office part? That's not a regular office part. Like sort of dogs in cages and stuff. No, but I mean, like, you would think that it would be, like, enclosed and, like, it's a separate thing. And also, they said that they hadn't tested it yet. So why was it ready to be deployed out of a thing from the ceiling? What do you mean they said they hadn't tested it yet? They said they hadn't tested it yet. They didn't know, they didn't know what the side effects were going to be. Therefore, they kind of tested it. On humans. Well, they didn't indicate that they know that there's side effects for the animals. We can talk about this when you get up to the recap part, but it has, they'd experimented with it to know that it was effective, that it worked. No, actually, they don't. Mm. He says, I think we thought it would be effective, but I had concerns about the toxicity level. Toxicity levels. Damn, that's right. He says that so quite specifically. Tested. He said, we, Maybe we never... Maybe it just happened to be the day that they were prepping to do it the next day. Maybe it just happened to be a convenient plot <laughs> device. <laughs> anyway, I was just like, these people have never stepped foot inside a lab before. He asks if there's anything wrong with Chloe, and she exposits that uh, the guy from earlier left a message at the house about... The fact that she stole his card and that whoever stole the card broke into the lab, blah, blah, blah. This is terrible. This is terrible. For starters, who leaves that message on an answering machine? For second, why didn't we just see Lana get that message instead of having Lana repeat to Clark about that message? It's like show don't tell three times removed. Like... I don't, that's the stupidest way for us to get that information. I think it was the only way that Clark and Lana were going to interact in this episode. But you do, all you have to do is you show Lana get that message. And Clark comes in. And Clark comes in. And then when he says, do you know anything about Chloe? And then we do like a dramatic zoom in on Lana's face. And then we understand that she's told him that story. 
but having her repeat the story third hand to Clark, bad writing. It really bothered me. Definitely didn't bother me. Bothered me so much. Well, anyway, we'll talk about next. She asks if he had his parents murdered, and he did for their life insurance money to start off the business. So he says that pretty openly. Behind her back, she records that confession to her voicemail. She then tries to blackmail him with that information, but he threatens her. Well, I I like his threat, though. He's like, oof, I'm so sorry you asked me that because you should not have that information. You know what else she shouldn't do? Tell him that she's the only one with the password. Yeah. That's what you don't want to do because that's when the guy fucking kills you. But I will say that by this point, Chloe is starting to get quite corrupt with power. Yeah, but I just, that's just a dumb thing to say. But she she was giving him her demands. She's like, get my dad unblacklisted. Yeah, but what you say is, that's been uploaded to a server, and if you don't... I'm sorry, but the internet is I know, I know, I know, but you know what I mean. Like, Yeah, I get what you're saying. You know, you don't say, I'm the only one with this information, and now you have to do what I say. That's I, the opposite of what you do I when you want to blackmail someone. I will defend the fact that Chloe is not of sound mind at the moment. And she's starting to be like, finally, I can just get what I was trying yeah. to do this whole yeah, time. Yeah. Now, nah, I've got him. I, I would have, have thought got she Lionel was in the back. smarter than that. And I thought they would have written her smarter than that. The thing is, yes, but... Even when she's corrupt with power, because that's still, like, literally the opposite of how you blackmail someone. But I mean, like, she's been having severe headache pains. I'm going to defend that a little bit. I will say, like, no, she's she's been, like, hounded by... She's just been told by Pete that apparently he loves her. She's got severe splitting yeah, headaches Yeah, 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 which would make sense if she was being flustered. Yeah. But she's not being flustered. She's acting as if it's very sound decision-making skills. Oh, I'll get what you're saying. She's not acting as though that's an erratic decision. It sounds like that's exactly what she would have always done. I'm just saying that's not how you blackmail someone, <laughs> and I think that Chloe would know that. That's all. Luckily, he has a conveniently located prop syringe in a fridge that clearly isn't turned on. <laughs> just well, ready right I mean, there in arms. put it in the fridge, but it's probably, the yeah, fridge, how is the um, power? The fridge isn't on, so it's just been sitting in there unrefrigerated for five years or whatever, however long it's been since <laughs> he worked on this project, they don't say. Massive syringe. A massive fucking prop syringe that is... I was going to make a very dirty reference, but I won't. <laughs> it's huge. Yeah. Um, it does have to be huge to shove it into someone's heart, which is what he says yeah. you have to do. But still, I was like, that is the proppiest prop syringe I've ever seen in my life. It's a setup to a, you know what it's a setup to, right? A setup? What do you mean? It's like the 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 main shot or moment of this episode. What, when he stabs her yeah. out? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what I mean. Yeah. It does have to be that big literally for that. Yeah, no, 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 but like... Ultimately, like, I think they're setting up just a reference to Pulp Fiction. Uh, what? Yeah, you don't know. Oh, I haven't seen Pulp Fiction. So that's it. That's the episode. Yep. So. Yeah. What'd you think? Um. Did you, did you have a good time at all? I enjoyed some lines. Yeah. There were some lines that I didn't mind. Um, I can see that I probably would enjoy Chloe as a character in the long term. Yeah, I know. Chloe's definitely the best thing about the show. I just wish that she knew. I really find it quite frustrating that she doesn't know. She's really amazing as soon as she knows. But I think the struggle, I really enjoy the struggle. I don't quite understand why they're so intent on keeping it from her. I, I think it's a bad plot device that sure. they've been using because uh, it, 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 um, let's just say, like, it, it's, Clark is overpowered. 
let's yeah. just say like obviously kryptonite plays a big role in him becoming depowered or weak and things yeah. like that but as soon as chloe knows that she has a super powered friend with all these powers in her back pocket yeah then there's going to be much less struggle or conflict for her to get certain things or information or tasks mm. so chloe's a bit more resourceful yeah. Um, before she has access to Clark. No yeah, Clark. Yeah. So it does definitely play into you seeing her as an independent character without relying on her. I guess if I'm looking at overall how I feel about the whole thing, I mean, it's it's silly in a lot of places. Oh, definitely. That I can't, the whole show is silly in a lot of places. Yeah, that I can't really get past. That you, you don't get past that nature. I don't think so. I can't get past those. I mean, obviously I've just spent a lot of time pointing out the writing problems. Yeah. And I think that that's where it really falls down for me. I think you're going to really struggle in this season, aren't you? I really am. And (laughs) even with my own shows, like I'm I'm more than willing to admit that my own shows are going to be bad in the same way. But Um, it'll be interesting to to realize that like there are certain shows where you really struggle to get past the writing, mm. but obviously you have your guilty pleasures where you don't struggle to get past the writing. Well, or, or there's, something that i enjoy enough that i can forgive the bad writing Mm. and i didn't really see anything in here that was enough to make me forgive the bad writing Mm. oh like close because i'm compelled by chloe as a character um but i think you're only compelled by her because you know other stuff yeah kind of and like if, well, if she this seems was like the kind the of character that I... Oh, yeah, she's your would, character. She's my character. Yeah, she's your Patterson. She's your Willow. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. She's she's the one that I would <laughs> be going for. And that's not even the half of it. That episode was actually pretty fun. I do enjoy making fun of the things that Kurt loves. I don't know what that says about me. Anyway, to wrap up this week's episode, uh, here is... A little bit of history, actually, and it's history about Kurt and I's relationship as it pertains to the best TV show that ever existed on the face of the planet, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I think I've, I'm a little bit grateful that uh, when I did finally experience Buffy, um, I was able to really understand it for all it was worth. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk about how you came to know Buffy. Well, this is basically how we met. It is. So Jane and I are both doing a theatre course in our first year, and we did this whole long camping trip sort of thing. Long story for another time. But at the end of it, because Jane doesn't like not driving to places. You no, get motion sickness. I get motion sickness um, on buses and things. Not too bad, but yeah. at the end of a long weekend when we'd gone, been camping, I think I was a little bit dehydrated. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Um, we were doing a lot of hiking, a lot of walking. Yeah. Uh, and so I sat in the front seat with our... Uh, one of our lecturers because I really liked her and I like to just chat to lecturers <laughs> more than I like chatting with the other people in my classes at those point. Um, classes? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Why not university? In our course. Yeah, in our course. course. And so Jane was feeling so not great that she was leaning over trying to get a better view of the front window so she yeah. wouldn't feel sick and want to throw up on like a two and a half hour journey back to Bathurst. Correct. And so she heard me talking about the fact that I'd never seen Buffy because someone uh, in my camping group uh, told me, you have to see Buffy. Mm-hmm. I'm, we're going to, you're going to watch it as soon as we get back. Mm-hmm. You have to see Buffy. And so Jane basically just offered, 
you should come over to my dorm and we'll I don't watch. think I offered. I think I forced. Yeah, it was, I was like, it was... <laughs> I'm a person I've never met. You've never seen Buffy? Well, allow me to introduce you. <laughs> you need to do this. I, you, you need to do she this. She basically got out her calendar and was like, here we go. Okay, which <laughs> night are you free? Uh, and so I was like, all right, whatever. Um, and so um, that was really fun. Actually, I think the, the first time that you talked to me was because uh, someone said I had a dancer's figure. No, so we were talking. We were. It was the same trip. Um, and I was overhearing you talk to Kate Smith, our lecturer, about something or other, and you mentioned that you had never danced Dance, or something. Yeah, but I was And I was like, to. really? Because I like the way that you move, like you're very comfortable in your body. Mm. And I was like, I thought that you must have had a dance background. Mm. And you're like, no, 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 I don't at all. And I was like, great, well, I'm going to teach you how to dance, and I'm also <laughs> going to introduce you to Buffy. Like, surprise, I'm your new best friend. But uh, it was fantastic because I'd always wanted to, you know, know more TV shows, and I've always wanted to do ballet. And so while I think I only did one or two classes, <laughs> yeah, I didn't run that many classes because I get, like, when people don't show up, I get, like, really personally hurt. So I had to, like, stop doing that because it was upsetting me too much. Um, but, uh, yeah, what definitely stuck was going over to Jane's place and watching Buffy. Yeah, you spent a lot of time at my house in that first year in particular. Yeah, I mean, I think in first year I was at least 50% of the time not at my own dorm. Mm. I was splitting it between you at watching Buffy and then at with Mon and just hanging out with her. Yeah. And uh, I think Mon's dorm got her in trouble for me being over too much. Actually. Yeah, my dorm luckily didn't care because I didn't talk to them that much. So they were just like, do it. Because it was a bigger dorm. Yeah, Jane, Jane was quite a large dorm. Yeah, there were like 25 people living there. So it was pretty much, you know, free for all, do what you want. And I generally got along with those people quite yeah, well. Yeah, more or less. Yeah. Um, at least as well as I did until I moved out. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so it was, you know, two or three nights a week over at my place. Mm -hmm. um, and any time there was holidays in between terms, mm -hmm. we would do major marathons. Major, major marathons. Especially when we got up to Angel and we'd start actually watching it concurrently. Correct. So it took us three years to get through Buffy. There were some big, big gaps at some points when we were really busy, where we yeah, just didn't I mean, watch it for ages. We were at university. We weren't just meant to be, you know, watching TV all the time, even yeah. though we found time to do it whenever we could. And of course, we were always watching it on my teeny tiny little TV screen. Do you I remember miss that? that TV. <laughs> it's so cute. It was so. It was like a. It was like it was a, a CRT. It's it a very was, square. It was a boxy one. Big old tube television. It was probably well, I don't know twenty five by twenty five centimeters. Yeah, it's smaller than a laptop screen. Yeah, it was it was so small, and that's how we watched it on my DVD player, on my little TV in my tiny dorm rooms or various bedrooms. And I would Jane would be on her single bed, and I would be on the floor on a couple yes, of blankets. Yes, and... I, I had like a set of blankets that I would roll up for you yeah. when you weren't there, and then roll out when you were there. <laughs> anyway, it was so lovely. No, it's a very fond uh, time actually, because uh, you know when people think about their uni experience and the partying and all that kind of things and. The one night stands, and sure, I may have done that a couple of times. But uh, the thing that I really am uh, very care a lot about is those times when we got to just kind of be kids. Yeah. It was really nice because uh, I was, you know, this was my first time out of home. And when I first left there, it was very, look, it was very freeing for me because, you know, coming from a religious small country town, uh, I love my family, I love my town, it's fantastic, but I outgrew that town far before I turned 18. Mm. And so when I was here, it was just all too much, and I kind of didn't really have anything to fall back on in terms of comfort, because yeah. I was introduced to alcohol and gayness. And he didn't know how to take care of himself, so he never ate dinner. Yes, I remember actually a lot of the times Jane wouldn't let us start watching an episode until I'd had dinner. Yes. And sometimes she would force me to feed myself. 
Correct, because yes. you were hopeless. Yes. Um, but also, sometimes he would help me fold my clothes. I do not. Yeah, you don't like folding clothes. I hate folding my clothes. And I like folding clothes. But you can't, but you're not allowed to not fold good... my clothes. No. So I would fold them and put them in piles and say, put that pile there, put that pile there, yeah. because you tried to fold a couple times, and I was like, look, I don't like folding, but I'm very particular yeah, about it. you're not folding it the way I want it to be folded. I think that's why I don't like folding, because it takes me ages, because I'm really, like... I'm not picky. I'm really picky. I'm just not picky. Um, anyway. anyway, that's probably enough about our friendship. But the point is, um, I think you've come to enjoy Buffy, um, a little bit. Oh, a lot. A lot? A lot, a lot. Not to the level that you do, because mm. I don't kind of have that nostalgic attachment to it. But I've got a little bit of nostalgia to it, just because of, you know, that was university mm. for me. Like, that was a big part of my spare time. And I really enjoyed it. Wow. Okay. So that is the story that led to the... Oh shit, uh, nine years of friendship between Kurt and I, and of course the 83 episodes of this podcast that we have created. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Please come over and find us on Instagram. We are at Major Look Pod, and I will be back with eye charts when we start the next season. So please have a look at those and try and guess what show we're going to be talking about that week. You can also rate, review, subscribe on any of your podcatchers of choice, uh, Apple Podcasts would actually be really helpful. That's how people find us. And then you don't have to actually tell all of your friends about Major Look, which I know you're obviously all doing, but they could find us all on their own. Anyway, until next time, I hope you have a really fabulous week. Bye, everyone. Please come over and find us on Instagram at MajorLookPod. I'll be back with iCharts once we get back into a regular season. But until then, please enjoy listening to this episode. I'll be back with iCharts. I'll be back with iCharts when we get into a new season. But you can always rate where you... Oh my God. <laughs> 